Chapter 18 of The Gold Hunters by J. D. Borthwick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. Chapter 18 Down with the Flood. I had occasion to return to San Francisco at this time, and the journey was about the most unpleasant I ever performed. The roads had been getting worse all the time and were quite impassable for stages or wagons the mail was brought up by express messengers but other communication there was none the nearest route to san francisco that by sacramento was perfectly impracticable and the only way to get down there was by marysville situated about fifty miles off at the junction of the yuba and feather rivers I set out one afternoon with a friend who was also going down and who knew the way, which was rather an advantage as the trails were hidden under three or four feet of snow. We occasionally, however, got the benefit of a narrow path trodden down by other travelers, and though we only made twelve miles that day, we in that distance gradually emerged from the snow and got down into the regions of mud and slush and rain we stayed the night at a roadside house where we found twenty or thirty miners starved out of their own camps and in the morning we resumed our journey in a steady pour of rain the mud was more than ankle deep but was so well diluted with water that it did not cause much inconvenience in walking while at the foot of every little hollow was a stream to be waded waist-high for we were now out of the mining regions and crossing the rolling country between the mountains and the plains where the water did not run off so quickly when we reached the only large stream on our route we found that the bridge which had been the usual means of crossing had been carried away and the banks on the other side were overflowed to a considerable distance a pine tree had been felled across when the waters were lower but they now flowed two or three feet over the top of it the only sign that it was there being the branches sticking up and marking its course across the river it was not very pleasant to have to cross such a swollen stream on such a very visionary bridge but there was no help for it so cutting sticks wherewith to feel for a footing under water we waded out till we reached the original bank of the stream where we had to take to the pine log and travel it as best we could with the assistance of the branches the water rushing past nearly up to our waists we had fifty or sixty feet to go in this way but the further end of the log rose nearly to the surface of the water and landed us on an island from which we had to pass to dry land through a thicket of bushes under four feet of water towards evening we arrived at a ranch about twenty miles from marysville which we made the end of our day's journey we were saturated with rain and mud but dry clothes were not to be had so we were obliged to pass another night under hydropathic treatment the natural consequence of which was that in the morning we were stiff and sore all over 
however after walking a short distance we got rid of this sensation receiving a fresh ducking from the rain which continued to fall as heavily as ever the plains which we had now reached were almost entirely under water and at every depression in the surface of the ground a slough had to be weighted of corresponding depth sometimes over the waist the road was only in some places discernible and we kept to it chiefly by steering for the houses to be seen at intervals of a few miles about six miles from marysville we crossed the yuba which was here a large rapid river a hundred yards wide we were ferried over in a little skiff and had to pull up the river nearly half a mile so as to fetch the landing on the other side i was not sorry to reach terra firma again such as it was for the boat was a flat-bottomed straight-sided little thing about the size and shape of a coffin and was quite unsuitable for such work the waves were running so high that it was with the utmost difficulty we escaped being swamped and all the swimming that could have been done in such a current would not have done anyone much good from this point to marysville the country was still more flooded we passed several teams which in a vain endeavor to get up to the mountains with supplies were hopelessly stuck in the mud at the bottom of the hollows with only the rim of the wheels appearing above water marysville is a city of some importance being situated at the head of navigation it is the depot and starting point for the extensive district of mining country lying north and east of it it is well laid out in wide streets containing numbers of large brick and wooden buildings and the ground it stands upon is ten or twelve feet above the usual level of the river but when we waded up to it we found the portion of the town nearest the river completely flooded the water being nearly up to the first floor of the houses while the people were going about in boats in the streets further back however it was not so bad one could get along without having to go much over the ankles the appearance of the place as seen through the heavy rain was far from cheering the first idea which occurred to me on beholding it was that of rheumatism and the second fever and ague but i was glad to find myself here nevertheless if only to experience once more the sensation of having on dry clothes i learned that several men had been drowned on different parts of the plains in attempting to cross some of the immense pools or sloughs such as we had passed on our way while cattle and horses were drowned in numbers and were dying of starvation on insulated spots from which there was no escape i saw plenty of this however the next day in going down by the steamboat to sacramento the distance is fifty or sixty miles through the plains all the way but they had now more the appearance of a vast inland sea it would have been difficult to keep to the channel of the river had it not been for the trees appearing on each side and the number of squatters shanties generally built on a spot where the bank was high and showed itself above water 
though in many cases nothing but the roof of the cabin could be seen on the tops of the cabins and sheds on piles of firewood or up in the trees were fowls calmly waiting their doom while pigs cows and horses were all huddled up together knee-deep in water on any little rising ground which offered standing room dying by inches from inanition the squatters themselves were busy removing in boats whatever property they could and at those cabins whose occupants were not yet completely drowned out a boat was made fast alongside as a means of escape for the poor devils who as the steamer went past looked out of the door the very pictures of woe and dismay we saw two men sitting resolutely on the top of their cabin the water almost up to their feet a boat was made fast to the chimney to be used when the worst came to the worst but they were apparently determined to see it out if possible they looked intensely miserable though they would not own it for they gave us a very feigned and uncheery hurrah as we steamed past the loss sustained by these settlers was very great the inconvenience of being for a time floated off the face of the earth in a small boat was bad enough of itself but to have the greater part of their worldly possessions floating around them in the shape of the corpses of what had been their livestock must have rather tended to damp their spirits however californians are proof against all such reverses they are like india rubber the more severely they are cast down the higher they rise afterwards it was hardly possible to conceive what an amount of rain and snow must have fallen to lay such a vast extent of country under water and though the weather was now improving the rain being not so constant or so heavy it would still be some time before the waters could subside as the snow which had fallen in the mountains had yet to find its way down and would serve to keep up the flood sacramento city was in as wretched a plight as a city can well be in the only dry land to be seen was the top of the levee built along the bank of the river in front of the town all the rest was water out of which rose the houses or at least the upper parts of them the streets were all so many canals crowded with boats and barges carrying on the customary traffic watermen plied for hire in the streets instead of cabs and independent gentlemen pooled themselves about on rafts or on extemporized boats made of empty boxes in one part of the town where the water was not deep enough for general navigation a very curious style of conveyance was in use pairs of horses were harnessed to large flat-bottomed boats and numbers of these vehicles carrying passengers or goods were to be seen cruising about now dashing through a foot or two of mud which the horses made to fly in all directions as they floundered through it now grounding and bumping over some very dry spot and again sailing gracefully along the top of the water 
so deep as nearly to cover the horses backs the water in the river was some feet higher than that in the town and it was fortunate that the levee did not give way or the loss of life would have been very great as it was some few men had been drowned in the streets the destruction of property and the pecuniary loss to the inhabitants were of course enormous but they had been flooded once or twice before besides having several times had their city burned down and were consequently quite used to such disasters in fact sacramento suffered more from fire and flood together than any city in the state without however apparently retarding the growing prosperity of the people i arrived in sacramento too late for the steamer for san francisco and so had the pleasure of passing a night there but i cannot say i experienced any personal inconvenience from the watery condition of the town it seemed to cause very little interruption in the usual order of things in hotels theatres and other public places there was a good deal of anxiety as to the security of the levee in which was the only safety of the city but in the meantime the ordinary course of pleasure and business was unchanged except in the substitution of boats for wheeled vehicles and the great source of consolation and congratulation to the sufferers from the flood and to the population generally was in endeavoring to compute how many millions of rats would be drowned on arriving in san francisco the change was very great it was like entering a totally different country in place of cold and rain and snow flooded towns and no dry land or snowed-up towns in the mountains with no food here was a clear bright sky and a warm sun shining down upon a city where everything looked bright and gay it was nearly a year since i had left san francisco and in the meantime the greater part of it had been burned down and rebuilt the appearance of most of the principal streets was completely altered large brick stores had taken the place of wooden buildings and so rapidly had the city extended itself into the bay that the principal business was now conducted on wide streets of solid brick and stone warehouses where a year before had been fifteen or twenty feet of water all excepting the more unfrequented streets were planked and had good stone or plank sidewalks so that there was but little mud notwithstanding the heavy rains which had fallen in the upper part of the town however where the streets were still in their original condition the amount of mud was quite inconceivable some places were almost impassable and carts might be seen almost submerged which half a dozen horses were vainly trying to extricate the climate of san francisco has the peculiarity of being milder in winter than in summer winter is by far the most pleasant season of the year it is certainly the rainy season but it only rains occasionally and when it does it is not cold the ordinary winter weather is soft mild subdued sunshine 
not unlike the indian summer of north america the san francisco summer however is the most disagreeable and trying season one can be subjected to in the morning and forenoon it is generally beautifully bright and warm one feels inclined to dress as one would in the tropics but this cannot be done with safety for one has to be prepared for the sudden change in temperature which occurs nearly every day towards the afternoon when there blows in off the sea a cold biting wind chilling the very marrow in one's bones the cold is doubly felt after the heat of the forepart of the day and to some constitutions such extreme variations of temperature within the twenty-four hours are no doubt very injurious especially as the wind not unfrequently brings a damp fog along with it the climate is nevertheless generally considered salubrious and is thought by some people to be one of the finest in the world for my own part i much prefer the summer weather of the mines where the sky is always bright and the warm temperature of the day becomes only comparatively cool at night while the atmosphere is so dry that the heat however intense is never oppressive and so clear that everything within the range of vision is as clearly and distinctly seen as if one were looking upon a flat surface and could equally examine each separate part of it so satisfactory and so minute in detail is the view of the most distant objects considering the very frequent use of pistols in san francisco it is a most providential circumstance that the climate is in a high degree favorable for the cure of gunshot wounds these in general heal very rapidly and many miraculous recoveries have taken place effected by nature and the climate after the surgeons experienced as they are in that branch of practice had exhausted their skill upon the patient End of chapter eighteen